everybody. It's your girl, Sister Goose, and I'm here with my mom, my lovely co-host. Sugar Mama. And we yeah. are Black Girls, Girls Inc. Inc. And I'm so excited, excited really as always. Mm-hmm. Because today, mm-hmm. I met this person from reading their poems just like I met, you know, Lala. Mm-hmm. And his poems are deep. Mm-hmm. They, they can go raw, too. Okay. And heartfelt mm-hmm. and eye-opening, too. Mm. So we have a young black male poet today. Mm-hmm. And please, so please, everyone, help me snap and welcome the People's, People's poet. poet. Hey. Hey. How you doing, everyone? Hey, how you feeling today? Mm. I'm feeling fine. How are you? I'm good. good. So, can you tell everyone about your book? the name of the title and what's it, what it's about? Oh, my comic book, my, my book that was out, it called Coming From Wild Farm, basically based on my life experiences growing up. Okay. That's what's up. So, you're going to give people an eye-opener about yourself. So, you're making yourself be an open book. Yes. Now, is it poetry or is it like a literal book? Like, I'm just asking because I know you do poetry too. Or did you make it into just a uh, auto book? Well, you know, what do you call the book that oh, somebody write about themselves? An autobiography. Um, something like that. My first book was a poetry book, and this book, and like I narrated it, but my, I changed my name, but it's about my life. Okay, that's what's up. So it's like a spoken word kind of. I like that. Okay. So what made you start off with this book that you're doing right now? What made you write this book? What made you want to be open and share your story? Because uh, it, it took me a while, like years, because I was shy about putting on poetry and stuff out there, but... Then I have family members and friends telling me, like, you need to tell your story, you need to tell this, so, like, after years of procrastination, I just had to look at myself, and, like, I had to, I kept tell my story, because people could relate to it, like, either somebody going through something similar, or being through the same thing I'm going through. Yeah, that's what's up, okay, and you know what? I'm thankful that you are telling your story because there's going to be young black men that need to read your story. I think you're going to be one of them books that help young black men read. So I hope that we have some young black men listening, even older black men too. But I think yours will be the type that help, you know, more men read because it's about a male and his real story. And I'm sure they're going to be able to relate to you. So, let's give a snap to him for being yeah. open for his story. Yeah. We snap on his show when we he feel it's on the door. Okay. So, what do you want people to take away from reading your book after they read it? What do you want them to walk away with? Um, I'm just hoping that people take away from our book that are open and authentic and transparent and just relatable to everybody who all walks of life to relate to it. Okay, that's what's up. And I think you're doing a great job of that. I can't wait to read your book. 
next. <laughs> what? What is um? Cause you know you do other things than just writing poetry, and you know and writing books. What what is other things you're working on now? Like as now, like I, um, like I have my like teacher line with my brand that she gets from the five hundred two. I'm um design and sell my own shirts, and I also do like. Me and my me and my six year old daughter we make homemade organic smoothies. So oh. I only want I only want to be known for more for just doing books. Yeah, that's what's up. And you also have your own podcast too, right? Yes, ma'am, I do. So what's your podcast about? Um, my podcast is basically like just. Like I talk on different topics or give upcoming upcoming events and things that I'm doing. Just talk. It's not a certain topic. I talk about mostly anything. Okay. I'm hoping I'm hoping to eventually get like people I can interview on my podcast. Okay. And what's your podcast called so people can look you up too? He called the the People Poet Podcast. Like you can find it on Anchor. Like it's available on. All right. Well, I'm writing it down myself so I can follow you. I know. Um. Like I just recently, I started going air like every Wednesday at noon. Like this past Wednesday, I did air because. I, um. Some people might, some people know because I've talked about it before that my father, I, uh, my father went to prison four months before I was born, so Wednesday um, was the first time I finally got to have a virtual visit with him in prison. So that's why I ain't doing this one day. That's what's up, and I hope that was a wonderful experience yes. for you for talking with him for the first time in years. Oh, it was, it was just an all feeling. It's like I was in, like, little boy mode. I was shot. Like, I'm actually looking this man in the face after 31 going on 32 years. Mm. That's what's up. I'm so happy for you with that. I'm just glad that you didn't have to see him in, in another form. Yeah. I'm glad that that worked out for you. And I'm sure that other people's going to be touched by your short story. Because I'm sure, sure that other people's in that same predicament, you know, waiting to see their parents, too. Because it could be mom or dad. Mm-hmm. And we give a shout-out to the yeah. ones who are in jail, who can't see their families yeah. right now. Shout-out to y'all. You know, we're praying for y'all. Won't be this way always. We know it's hard, yeah. you know. God has a plan for everybody, even yeah. you. Yeah. This definitely be hard. Like, even now, I still get, I still get the press on his birthday and Father's Day. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you do, because you want to be with them, you know? Mm. I can totally understand. I had family members that was incarcerated, so I definitely understand, you know, your pain. And it's nothing like having to be away from the one you love, and you can't just call them whenever you want mm-hmm. or see them whenever mm-hmm. you want. So I totally get it. Not as much as you, though, because that's your father. Mine's was just relative. But that's why these virtual visits are um, great because I can meet with him like any other day if I want to. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's good. Okay. 
Well, they should have been did that for people before Corona. If you could have like that. Mm-hmm. But you know, they uh-huh. wasn't thinking. Well, they didn't think it was going to last either, probably. Yeah. So, what is other things that you have coming up? Like, what else are you working on for your future? You working on anything else? Um, well, I just put out my... I just put out my third book a couple weeks ago. It's called 8813 Pieces of Me, R.I.P. Bleed. It's on Amazon and it's on Barnes and Noble. It's an e-book. Okay. So... This book is a continuation of my first book. It has has a hundred of my poems in like poems I recently did and poems like 2017, 2018. Okay, that's what's up. So you doing your thing out there? This is your second book. <laughs> Go ahead and get it now. Okay, that's good. So y'all need to look. So we'll make sure you tell y'all the other book too, because at the end of the show we want to make sure that you tell them at the end of the show where they can go get your book at. So y'all stay okay. tuned for that towards the end of the show. Um, I want to ask you another question too. What made you want to become a writer? And I'm just saying that because you're like a part of my generation. And you know how our generation is. Like, you could have been anything. You know what I mean? Could have been on the streets. Could have been whatever. And, you know, I'm just asking you. I'm being real here. You know where I'm coming from. Because, like I said, you're from my generation. And I admire you because... You're from my generation and you're a writer because I haven't seen a lot of young male black writers yet from our mm-hmm. generation, really. What made you want to become a writer? What, what got you into writing? Well, um, well, first started because, like, as I, as I said, when my dad was around, I had a lot of anger in me. I used to fight and stuff all the time. So my sophomore year in high school, my English teacher suggested to me that that I start writing down like all my thoughts and stuff in the journal. At first it was just a hobby and then over years it turned into a passion. Okay. Like I also I also um credit that too to my um cause both my parents like poetry, so I kinda like inherited that from them. Mm-hmm. I know even my mom has read some of my earlier poems, and she was surprised that the topics I'm talking about to be so young. Because mm-hmm. I have, even to the day, I I have older people reading my poetry, be like they surprised as young as I am how powerful my stuff is and how articulate it is. Yeah. Yeah. See, people like me and you, I call us old souls. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Where we can reach the younger people and the older people. You know? Yes. We just had that round seasonness about us. And I admire you because I found a, another person from my generation who's like that. That's why, like, me and you, I believe, hit it off as friends. Because we got a lot in common in some ways. And that's why I asked you what made you want to be a writer because I know from our generation, I'm not reckoning on my mom's generation, but in our generation, you know, it was 
you do one thing or you gotta do the other thing you know what i mean so to see you as an Arthur, to see that that's what you chose it makes me proud of you that's what i'm I'm proud of you because i know that you could have probably chose a different path you know what i mean and and you chose this and i see that you're a dad too i see you doing your thing i'm proud of you for being in your daughter's life too black dads are real they do exist because i'm gonna keep saying that because a lot of people make like make it like black dads don't exist they do and i admire you from that from someone from my generation doing big things out here so please support our boy y'all and i um i credit that to my childhood like as you know like growing up with my mom like first she had me and then six years later she had my sister so raising up both for our own, like I know it was hard raising a young man on his own. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then my sister's dad was kind of in and out of her life, so I had to step up at an early age and help raise her. So, and then like, that was that's a lot on a young boy, because at 11 years old, I, I contemplate suicide when I was 11 years old, because it was too much on me. Like, had to fill my dad's shoes and then have to face bullying from people that know where my father was. And, like, I literally fought the same boy every day in middle school. Mm. So that was just, all that weighed on me and I contemplated, like, the only thing that really kept me from doing it if my mom and my sister, because I ain't want to be another man to leave my mom's life, and I ain't want to leave my sister, because I know I was on the head. Yeah. Wow, I'm sorry. Had me choke a little bit on that. That was real. That was deep. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm saying I'm proud of you, because that's what I meant when I said I know that you could have chose anything, because I had friends like you who had to step up, too. And take care mm-hmm. of siblings, you know, help put food on the table, you know what I mean? Help raising their siblings and stuff, and it, it was a lot on them, too. So, I, I totally get it. Luckily for me, I'm, I'm a baby sibling, so I don't know what that stress is like. I know what it's like mm-hmm. to pull my weight in the house, but I don't know what it's like to have to um, step up and help and be a co-parent with your parent. Let me say it that way. Because that's basically what you was. You was co-parenting with your parent as you was getting parenting yourself. Like, you funny, like I was around my sister so much that people don't see more of my daughter. She was around me so much. Yeah. Like, I, like I, would go, I would go with my mom to my sister's parent-teacher conference, um, recitals. I was there for everything. Exactly. You sound like my sister because she was there for everything with me too. So I totally get it. So, and and that's why I'm saying all this because just from what y'all hear right there, just a little bit, imagine what you want to get in this book. This this man has a story to tell. And I can tell that the story is deep. Just hearing about his mom and his sister and his dad, like, he, he got a good story. And I advise, I really would advise mothers, you know, if you want to find a good book to read with your son, this 
this can be a good book to open up conversations. You know what I mean? Um, if you got yeah. a teenager son, a young adult son, this this is a good book to start your own book club with your son, and maybe you can open up the table to talk to him and let him be open and let you know how he feel about the chapters he's reading because we need to keep our hands around our black boys. You know what I mean? And I yeah, feel like your book can do that for people. Yeah, cause then like it wasn't just as hard just hard for a long way than a young black son on her own. She had to raise a young black epileptic son on her own. Like, I got down over epilepsy when I was six, and I used to have them all the time to the point where my family couldn't control me. The only people that could handle me was my mom, and she had to, she had to stop working for a couple of years because family kept calling her or the school kept calling her because they can calm me down. But some reason, like, my mom could, like, all she had to do was like, all I had to do was feel her hand on the bottom of my back, and I start calming down instantly. Because ain't nothing like a mother's touch. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Because I know exactly what you mean, because I had my own little health issues. Look, tongue-tied. <laughs> I had my own little health issues and stuff, too. But when my mom was there, I knew if she was there, no matter what it was, no matter how scared I felt, no matter how much it hurt, having my mom there just made me feel better. You know what I mean? It bring that calmness to me. Especially, you know, I don't know about other people, but even when I was sick, I would lay in my mom's bed, and that was my medicine sometimes. All I had to do was lay in her bed, and I just felt better. Yeah. That's why I believe I get my, um, I get my stress from her. Yeah. I'm strong will just like she is. Like I seen but but I seen how how she what she was able to do with me and my sister gave me strength for raising my daughter. Cause I I credit raise um helping raise my sister got me ready to raise my own kids. Mm-hmm. And you doing a good job. Keep up the good work, bro. Cause not only, cause not only did I, not only did I help raise my sister, like when I was with my daughter's mom, I helped raise my daughter's older sister. Okay. Or like I done raised two kids already. Now raising my own kids. All right. So you you got your notepads. You know what to look out for. And I tell you, I was one of them people who helped raise you know their kids and stuff. Cause I was a free babysitter and all that. But man, let me tell you, I feel like no matter how much I knew, ain't nothing like raising your own kid. I'm just saying, it's it's something different. Not to say that I didn't love the other kids just as much, because I did. Let me make sure I say that. I love them just as much. But there's something about raising a kid that is yours. That bond is real. Whenever people say they can't explain it, I know what they mean now. Cause yeah, it's nothing it's like different. having your own, and no kids is the same. So you know, you totally learning different with your kids. They got their own personality. It's <laughs> definitely, it's definitely no feeling like raising your kid. Cause my daughter, like 
she gives me teenage answers already, so I go through with her. Hey, it's a part of being a girl, man. I wish I wouldn't have to tell you that, but it's true because I got my daughter too, and I know I did it too. And we go through. How old is your daughter? Six. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is the phase where she she started to get her attitude is developing. That's what I call the attitude development stage. They don't even really know what the whole attitude is, but they're getting the traits of an attitude. Okay, it's a phase, and you just got to entertain it. <laughs> That's I know one. I know one thing for sure. She's she definitely a daddy girl. Yeah, she really sure like she don't, she don't, like she of who talk to me like if he in a store. I put her in the back and some girl cause walk by me and say she cute and I smirk and say thank you and I turn around and decide to give me the side eye cause she don't like no girl talking to me. <laughs> she, don't even, she don't even like me having company when she's not home. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a daughter. Mm-hmm. We are very controlling. At least uh, we, we think we can control everything. So we... We like to do something on our show that we call a tea time. Mm-hmm. And that's when we either make a topic about the author or about what their book is or their character or a phrase they use. So, the people's poet, are you ready to do tea time with us? Yes, I am. Ring the bell, Mom. Tea time! Alright, so our tea time question is actually a question that we based off of the people's poet that he brought up that I thought would be a good tea time question. And the tea time question is, what was life like being raised in a single parent home? And I thought this would be a good question because we we can give y'all a male's point of view, a female's point of view, and someone from the old school generation's point of view too. So who would like- Who's the old school? Mom, let's not let's not play this game. You know you old schools, okay? Get down on it. Get down, get look. See, she started dancing. If I say it, she know it. But you know the dance too. You saw the video. Say that. (laughs) So who want to go first? Um, it doesn't matter to me. You want to go, mom? Oh well, my mom said, "Look, my mom. I'm surprised." She said, "You can go first today." She said, "Go ahead, you can go first." Oh, I go first. Yeah. Yeah. I know for I know for me growing up in single uh, single parent household, like it was kind of like I told you before, it kind of it kind of hard to me because I was made to be the man of the house at an early age. So that was that was kind of rough, and then like I ain't do stuff like normal kids my age would do, like going out for parties with your friends, teens, and stuff. I ain't do all that. I was in the house with my sister, make sure she was safe. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the way I am now. That's why I never really, I never really got along with people my age. I always battled toward people older than me because I was most time the mature one even out with my friend that's older than me and then um, 
just make it so she was trained is like I would like to my I would like to share your problems to my sister almost. Like I know she the she depended on me well. Even when she was little, even when it annoyed me, like everywhere I went, she was gonna run on the basketball court, she followed me. Even when I tell her not to, she was snake and follow me, like <laughs> Yeah. Even though it even though it got on my nerves, like, I still kinda I expected it, like and I got her like, okay, I'm a I'm the only person she got and and I ain't that too, like, I was, like, I was helping my mom pay bills at an early age. Mm. So, like, I was always kind of responsible, because out of all my friends, like, I was the only, like, I was the only fifth grader, like, like, I'm, I know paying, like, water bill, light bill, and all that, paying rent themselves. So I was paying all that, but I didn't know it at the time, but as I got older, I realized I, that I was, and, like, I was the only one of my kids doing all, at my age doing all that. Yeah, I know. So it was, it was kind of hard growing up in a, in a single parent household, like, some, like, sometimes I got aggravated. Cause I seen stuff my friends were doing that I couldn't do. Like I was angry, but I will, I will. Like eventually, I got, I got used to it. Yeah. I okay, I'm like okay, I'm the man of the house. I gotta, I gotta do this. Like I took pride in it. Like doing all the stuff, like trash, dishes, all that, change the oil in the car, like. I'm surprised at all that. Mm. I have to ask you a question. And I'm just Mm -hmm. asking because I asked my sister the same question because you and my sister sound so much alike because she helped my mom raise me. And Mm -hmm. my question is, and and when I ask this question, I'm not saying anything bad about your mom or anybody else. I'm just asking this question to you. Do you Mm -hmm. feel like you missed some of your childhood that you had to give a lot of it up because you had to help raise your sister? Um, you know, like, when I was younger, like, I felt like I was missing out on stuff, like, going, hanging out with my friends, but they go, like, little high school parties and stuff. Yeah. Like, back then, I did, like, I didn't get to go to my senior promise, you know what I'm saying? Like, but now I'm older, like, I don't really regret it. Like, if I had to do it all over again, I would, like. Okay. Because that like, helped shape who I am now. I so I don't regret it at all. Yeah, I feel you. I was just asking that question because I asked my sister that question. And she said the same thing you did. You know, she mm-hmm. could go back and change it. But, you know, there's some things she wish she could have did. Like he said, go out with your friends and stuff. But I'm telling, I'm saying for me to you as a younger sibling that I appreciate what you did. The same thing I told my sister. I, I thank you for your sacrifice. I'm sure your sister feel the same way. Thank you for your sacrifice and helping raising your sister. You know, because that was a choice that you didn't have to say yes to. But you chose to say yes to. You are a great son for 
willing to step up to the plate mm-hmm. and do stuff that normal kids don't have to do. So I really commend you and honor you for that. Mm-hmm. So I just want to give you a snap for that yeah, right snap, there. Snap, yeah. I, I just had to say that to you. Thank you for Yeah, because I, I really appreciate older siblings like you because like I said, I had an older sibling like that and I admire people like that because, you know, I always say I had two moms. So I, I totally get where you're coming from, where you're saying it. It sounds like second nature to me. I, I get it. I'm the younger sister that you're talking about that will follow you. When you say don't follow me, I did the same thing with my sister too. <laughs> so I know what you mean. <laughs> so look, let me say this to you too because she, like she said, her sister, her older sister helped me raise her because I wasn't in a single parent home, but I was one. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna tell you what I told her. Cause later on she did this, and after I got started getting better, I said to her, I went to her and said, you know what? I thank you for the job that you did, cause that was a job that I didn't teach you to do, but you did. You stepped in and you did it anyway. I didn't even ask you to do it, but you did it. So I'm very grateful for what you did. I'm gonna tell you that too. Your mother, I don't know if your mother told you that, but I'm very grateful that you stepped in without being asked. And you could have just been mean, you know, left us whatever and say I ain't doing this, but you did. So thank you for that. Your mother says thank you. Yeah. You still there? Yes, on too. Okay. Well, did you? Okay. Huh? That's I'm sorry, no, because, because we because appreciate you because I don't see that many black young men. Because I'm telling you, do my, what she my did. She did. She did that. And go to her and say, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I much. hear a lot of young women say they did all this stuff that you're saying. Like I said, mm-hmm. my sister. She did that for me. But to hear a young man like okay, you say it. that you did it too, and you're talking about changing the oil and paying uh, rent and all that. Wow. You brought me yeah. to tears hearing your story because yeah. you, you sound so much like my sister. And I just want you to know you was appreciated. Because yes, yeah. I feel like sometimes we forget to say thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank and you. we just think that's just an automatic thing that right. you was just supposed to do. Like, right. oh, I know he got it. You know, I know he got a sister. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. But I want you to know years later that that mattered. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it mattered a lot to me because my mom couldn't make it to all my games. Like, I'm about to cry. <laughs> no, I can't get because, because I was a I was a single parent in my house. I had to work all the yeah, time. Yeah, my mom couldn't make it to all my games, but my sister did. And that meant the world to me. So I know that your sister feel the same way about you that I feel about my sister. And that's why I'm telling you thank you. Now we will tell you this too. In my house, like I said, I had a stepfather, but you know what? He wasn't my father, but he treated me like I was. He treated me like he was, and I called him dad too. But you know what? I had an older brother who stepped in too, just like you did. He helped us with everything, and you know what? He had a good job. So, so the other, my older brothers and sisters, they they were all moving out because I come from a family of twelve, and I'm one of the youngest ones. So as they were getting older, they all was moving out. They had jobs and everything. They, they moved out. But my older brother stayed there. Helped my mother pay rent, everything. He helped do everything. So he could, he could have went and got his own place, but he didn't. Exactly. He definitely he didn't have me uncle. He stayed there. Yeah. So I was grateful for him. So I know the other side, too. Yeah. He did that. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all my perspective from a younger sibling side of living in a single-parent home. 
when mm-hmm. I was born into my family, my family was already starting to break up. I told people that before. Mm-hmm. So my parents was already getting separated. So by the time I was almost one, my mom already had her own apartment and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, so I spent a lot of time with my mom. And my dad was active in my life. Mm-hmm. Let me make that clear. Yeah. He's a good dad. He was very He's active. And my mom and dad, you know, they co-parent very well together. But something was not explained to me. But I don't think they thought they had to explain it. Because I've seen so many families like ours with my cousins and us. I thought that mommies kept the children and the dads just came to pick them up and took them up to their house and stuff. So when I started school and I was in kindergarten and, you know, we had to draw a picture of our families and I'm realizing all these kids is drawing a picture of their mom and their dad and their sisters and I'm in the same house. And I remember telling my one friend at the table, that's not how it goes. The moms keep the kids at their house, and the dads come get you, and you go there, right? So then, they're all telling me no, and I was a little heartbroken as a kid. And I'm sorry, because it caught up to me. But I was just a little heartbroken as a kid, because... I found out in front of everybody that my family was not normal. And there was only three of us whose parents was separated like mine. And the other kids told me, no, your family's the one that's not normal. You're not supposed to have two houses. You're supposed to have one house. And they would say, and when they would ask me, one kid even told me, um, well, maybe they broke up because, you know, they had you and stuff. Because I didn't know, never t- somebody asked me, did I ever see my parents together? I said no. They said they could have broke up because of you. But I'm just giving an example of this is what I went through as a kid that I found out at school. Because when I was sheltered, it was normal. Like I said, I was in a neighborhood where all the moms was raising their kids by themselves, and the dads would come pick them up on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was like clockwork, okay? The dads is coming on Fridays mm-hmm. to the same parking lot, picking the kids up, and we all like, yeah, I'm about to go to my dad, and this, this, and that. I'm about to go to my grandma's, because you know some dads live with their grandma's. Mm-hmm. And here, here I find out all this time, I'm the one who's not normal. Mm-hmm. So that was heartbreaking for me as, as, as a kid. You know what I mean? And uh, another thing that bothered me was because people only see my mom, I will never forget, as a single parent house, because the school only seen my mom, somebody introduced me for something. And they said how they was proud of me because I come from a single parent home and my dad was not in my life. And I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> My dad was in my life. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we never seen him. I don't care if you seen him or not. Right. My dad's in my life because he moved to Indiana because my grandma passed away. And I moved to, you know, I was going towards a different school and stuff. You know, new teachers. They never seen him. But I'm like, my dad's in my life. Don't try to erase him like he's not here. But that's uh-huh. something that just would assume. 
So because you only saw my mom, you assumed that I didn't have no dad in my life. And I hated that. Don't just assume somebody don't have their dad in their life because you don't see him at school. My dad worked. He couldn't take off of work. Okay? Because my dad paid child support. I don't know about y'all's dad, but my dad do. Okay? So he's working so he can give me a good Christmas gift, which he gave the best gifts. Okay? But... <laughs> anyway... I felt that way. I felt that way too, cause even though my dad was in prison before I got here, like my mom always showed me pictures. She always made sure I knew who he was. Like as I got older, he started calling the phone, talking to me. Like it was funny, cause even even when he wasn't there, like when I got in trouble. My mom would be like, wait till your dad go, I'm gonna tell your dad. Like, mm-hmm. I would start hyperventilating and stuff when he get on the phone. Like, <laughs> like all he, all he has to, all he would have to do is get on the phone, cuss me out, lecture me, and make me go there, tell my mom sorry, and uh-huh. get rid of the phone. Like, now I was mad at my mom. I was, Kind of fussing at her in my head, like cussing her out in my head, like. <laughs> Why you telling? <laughs> like I was mad, like I was, I would get red in the face almost when she said Derek. Like she call my whole name. She'd be like Derek Anderson Lewis. Your dad's on the phone, like. Like, like in front of my friends and stuff, and I come in, slam the door open, grab the phone, like. My dad talked to me like, so what you do now? Like, why you do this? Like, my dad from Philly, he talked fast, so I could, uh, I could hardly understand what he saying, so I thought I could. Then he cussed me out, like, I was on the phone, it well, seemed like an hour, but it was only like a minute or so, like, going in there to your mom and you sorry, and I go in there like, sorry mom, like, I know what you mean, because my dad did the same thing, so I totally yeah. did it. <laughs> Them phone calls be real bad. <laughs> like, I'll be trying to, I'll be trying to dodge it and try to leak, try to sneak out the house and stuff. Mm-hmm. Then my little, then my little sister was snitch on me, but do you dad was fine, like, I almost out the door. Right. Dad. I'm sorry, I'm so long that he said his dad gone. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking about phone calls because I'd be the same way. When my dad was out of town, he called, I get in trouble. So you got in the fight again, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, thinking, mm-hmm. so, I'm thinking about what you said because I had the same, you know, incident. Then it was time, like, my mom, he would call, my mom would tell him, like, Cause I went to my little, my little gangster phase and she tell my dad and he'd get on me cause like early 2000s, I was trying to wear the bandana, like, like I never had a bandaid on his cheek, I was doing that, like, mm-hmm. and she, and she would tell my dad like, oh, you trying to be gangster now, like, no, it's just a look, I'm trying to be like, hey, right here. like, no, you not, like, <laughs> right. I start doing it. Like, that's why I never, I never said, I knew he would get on me if I start shagging my pants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So he got me on that gangster phrase real quick. Mm. Well, the reason we do tea time is to give y'all a taste of what that book is about, you know, just from hearing a little bit of what it is or giving you a feeling of what the author is. And he said his book is based off his life. So if we got that from the topic, and I hope that y'all felt what we were saying, because it was emotional up in here, and it was real. But if you felt that, imagine what you're going to get when you read his book, y'all. And I really do encourage women and men to read this with your sons, because I feel like this is a good son and parent book to read together so can you please let them know where they can go and purchase your book and where they can follow you at if they want to look you up on your social media go ahead um well for starters thank you for that and you can follow me on my social media i'm on facebook Derek, Derek, the people poet I'm on Instagram, Derek, um, the people poet 88 my book coming from where I'm from it's on Lulu.com, my latest book, 8813, Pieces of Me, R.P. Bring the ebook. is on Amazon, and it just, I just got it on Barnes & Noble. And, uh, and a little interesting fact on the title of my last book coming from where I'm from, I titled that because Anthony Hamilton, one of my favorite singers, and I got that from his song, that's why I named it that. Okay. I like that. That's what's up. So please, everyone, go and check out the po- the People's Poet. Please go purchase his book. Go follow him. I'm telling you, this man got some good stuff. I, I read his poetry. So I'm telling you, from a-, from a reader who read his stuff, he has some good stuff. So please support our boy, the People's Poet. And we thank you for coming on our show today. Thank you. I can read one of my poems for you if you want me to. Yes, go ahead. We can go out with that. Yeah. Go ahead and read your poem. On this poem, I wrote on the ninth. It called Men Are Supposed to Cry. Mm. Mm. Real tears, real fears. Are we supposed to be here? Or are we meant to leave the atmosphere? We have fear, just like everybody here. But we not to show fear. You're taking your tribe and something inside. But all it does, it boggles the mind. Due to the artificial pride that causes us to suffer inside. Mm. That was good. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Look, I was waiting yeah. for more. That was good. <laughs> yeah. That was good. good. So see y'all, that that was real yeah. and that was good. Look, was talk like about it. short and sweet. Yeah, that, that, was that was it. Please go yeah, follow thanks. him, y'all. He just gave you a taste of what he could do right there. <laughs> so, as always, I'm your girl, Sister Goose. And I'm Sugar Mama. And the po- the people's poet, you know what this means now, right? Huh? You know what this means now that you did an interview with us, right? I'm in the family now. Yes, uh, you yeah. is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's the first look. Look, how you know that? How you know that? Because he's been listening to our show. Yeah, he's the first, first one who said it to us. I 
right, so we getting out there. Somebody heard it. Yeah, but not right. only are you the first one, but I also want to welcome you to our male panel. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I invited the um, Romance King, and today you are a second member of the male's panel, where we will be doing Superman Writer Saturday. And that will be happening once a month, and I'll get back to you and let you know, but you are officially a member of our yeah, male panel. You. We need you in there. We need you in there. All right. I'm glad to do it. Yep. So you are officially a member, and you didn't see that one coming, did you? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you said it. I got you up on one. All right, y'all. So, I got, hold on, you snack because you did something. Yeah, snack. you did your homework. Look, I rang the bell too. I didn't just give a snack. I rang the you, bell you already. Did, you did your homework. Well, again, like I said, I'm Sister Goose. And I'm Sugar Mama. And we are Black, Black Girls, Girls Inc. Inc. Snap you later. You should let me hear a song.